This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We will be bouncing around the league, focusing on some teams this week that Baldy has had a chance to spend some time with and get a feel for. Um, I have been able to see a couple of them, the Steelers and the Ravens as well. And we'll also let you know what's going on in Jacksonville, the early returns on Trevor Lawrence. And another day, more drama for Big Blue as Giants camp rolls on, uh, seemingly again with with eye-popping stuff happening at an alarming rate. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. Baldy is at Baldy NFL on Twitter. And and Baldy, we, we might as well start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it was a black and yellow weekend in Canton, Ohio. Uh, coaches, my friend Bill Cower being inducted. Troy Palomala, Bill Nunn, their, their longtime uh, scout and, and front office executive Alan Fanica. I don't I don't want to leave anybody out. Did, did, sticks, did sticks get in for playing Renegade? I, I don't know. Um, it was a big, big Steeler weekend. And obviously that's an iconic franchise. And uh, the, the, the Rooney family continues to um, really be synonymous with excellence in this league, Baldy. Well, I think it was highlighted by Troy Palomalo's speech. And honestly, I'm at play for three teams in the, in the NFL. And at the end of Troy's speech, I was just so disappointed I didn't get a chance to play for the Steelers. Mm. I think everybody that listened to Troy talk about their, you know, their legacy and their history in that city and what it means to be a Steeler uh, came through in that speech. The terrible towels went crazy. Uh, it was a phenomenal speech, you know, just representing the Samoan uh, ancestry that he has and, and then the new ancestry with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, people might forget, but he was kind of released unceremoniously. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't a happy Steelers. ending. It wasn't exactly, yeah. you know, it wasn't exactly warm and fuzzy. New. When they showed him the door and, uh, you know, he was able to get past all of that. But just, uh, you know, starting with Thursday night's Hall of Fame game between, you know, the Cowboys and, you know, and the Steelers and, you know, and then just the weekend, uh, it was just really an amazing ode to, to that franchise. And you just go... You know, Mike Tomlin, the you know the third coach that the Steelers have had, uh, now fifteen years, just like Cowers, fifteen yep. years. Um, you know they've never had a losing record. And you go, well, there's so many holes in his team. Could this be the first year? And after listening to the reception and the fans and uh, the history, you go, he'll find a way. 
yeah. they'll find a way because that's what the Steelers do to have a winning record this year. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, Baldy, that that they'll be able to get to their lofty standards, you know, their bar of excellence, which is a Super Bowl. Um, I'm not sure they're built for a long January grind, but I, I agree they're going to be a viable team. Um, they're going to reinvent themselves in some ways, and and they're going to hang around this thing and 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 win their fair share of games and be a tough out. Um, you mentioned the game. Uh, you can't talk anything about the Steelers in 2021 uh, and not mention Najee Harris, who who I think Baldy is going to quickly become the face of that franchise, certainly the face of the offense with Ben in his final days, with Pouncey no longer there, with Juju on a one-year deal, you know what I mean, and unlikely to be back there next year. Hell, nobody thought he would be back there this year, including the Steelers and Juju. You listen to this young man talk. I watched him in practice, Baldy, on a day where – they yeah. didn't have any of their projected and the five man unit that they project to be offensive line starters, maybe no great shakes on this day. None of them, except for the rookie center, Kendrick Green was on the field. This young man was getting hit three, four, five yards in the backfield, and he'd still find a way to gain plus two, plus three, plus right. four, spinning away from Cam Hayward like they're going to he's going to might have to do more with less Baldy, but I, I, I think that's in his toolkit. I feel like. They needed to get back to those days. I mean, if you watched, uh, you know, Alan Fanica in the Hall of Fame, and you watched, you know, whether it was Jerome Bettis or Willie Parker, I mean, you just think about, you know, and watching, you know, remembering the days of Franco. I mean, this franchise, they win Super Bowls when they get big, powerful running backs, and I think, you know, um, I think this guy has a chance to be in that mode. Not predicting Hall of Fame or anything like that. But, I mean, you, we've seen a bunch of guys go through there that look like Steelers running the football. And for the first time in a while, I think this guy has all of that. And so all you have to do is you got to find five tough guys up front. I mean, I think, you know, this rookie Kendrick Green or Dan Moore, I mean, what they'll find a combination of five guys, you know, and they'll find a fullback. And, you know, they'll get back to, you know, finding runs that he's really good at, whether it's power or sweeps or whatever it is. And they'll 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 just pound those type of plays. Um, there was plays when I was researching Alan Fanica, like literally they would run the same play over and over and over again. Uh, and there was nothing teams could do to stop it. And I think they'll get back to that type of simplistic style of running and just play to their lineman strengths. Uh, which is certainly strength to trade turn of the right guard, projected right guard. Yes. And I think they'll find ways to run the ball and play action pass off it. And I think the defense is going to be really good. Yeah. Where are you on the Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Canada marriage? Everything I've heard around there is it's, it's great right now. And he's going to defer to Canada and he understands, you know, that things have to change drastically, but I think we also both know Ben a little bit, right? And if things aren't going swimmingly, if if it it's not all smooth sailing, if 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 things aren't meshing, Ben's used to having extreme autonomy under Randy Feetner and even going all the way back to when Bruce Arians was there to kind of do what he wants when he wants to. But Baldy at this stage of the game, with him physically, I, I just don't know that there's a, well, a positive end game in that. I agree with you. I agree. I mean, he's not the he's not that man that he was. Uh, you know, none of us are the man we were no. 10 years ago, no. but you know, I mean, he's not the same guy, um, you know, physically. I mean, I, I, I was there in Pittsburgh two years ago in the second game of the season against Seattle. 
when he, you know, didn't start the second half and nobody really knew just how bad that elbow was. Of course, he missed the rest of the season. But I remember that day he didn't even warm up with the team. Like there was already, a, you know, an injury there. Um, now, he overcame that injury. Uh, but it's just – it, it it happens when you're almost 40 and you've been playing the game as long as he has. You're going to wake up days and things just aren't going to be right. And it could be game day where, you know, you just got a, a hitch in your step. You just got some crazy pain that you have no idea where it came from or how it got there or some, you know, ankle begins to swell on you that you have no idea, you know, where those things just start to happen. And, you know, can, can, you, can you block that out, you know, and, and take the hits? And you make the plays that you that you used to making. I mean, I, I think the coordinator is going to be fine. I mean, they had to make a change. Yeah. Can't throw the ball sixty-two times like they did against Cleveland. Yeah. It was just awful. Um, you know, and you can't throw the ball on three-step drops an entire game. You, you know, you're going to have to hold the ball and on third and twelve to get the ball down the field. And you know, is he willing to do that right now? He wasn't willing to do it last year. So uh, there's there's big question marks about his health. And about his viability at this point, yeah. it just is. It's not a, not hating. It's not a negative. No. It's just reality right here. Life. It's the cycle of life. I mean, it's father time, sickle, undefeated, except for Tom Brady. Um, yeah. Baldy, uh, just getting back to the offensive line for, for a moment, though. Uh, you know, they, they had some high expectations for Zach Banner, although he hasn't really been able to, to stay fully healthy. Uh, the early returns on him in camp, not great. Hasn't been able to get on the field much. They're, they've kind of sent some signals to him, you know, already that don't just assume you're a starter, although a lot of people did have him plugged in at left guard. Um, any concerns there? If they're, You know what I mean? They're going with the rookie center. I mean, they think Green's going to win the job. Uh, you, the Trey Turner signing, I think, will tr- prove to be huge for them. But the rest of that group give you pause? Yes. Yes, I mean, you're replacing – now, look, DeCastro, Villanueva, and Pouncey have been Pro Bowl players and, in some cases, all pro players for a number of years. Now, you can say, okay, they all kind of hit their zenith. It was time to, you know, clean slate, fine. I don't know that these players that they're plugging in are better players than the three I just mentioned, regardless of the advanced age. I mean, I saw Villanueva in practice in Baltimore the other day. He looked just fine. But – uh Yes, there's there's big questions. First of all, it's five new starters in different places. You don't just you know put together uh, a fantasy football team you know on the off season and just think that they're going to mesh. Um, there's major question marks about Zach Banner, whatever position there is. I mean, <clears throat> I know Zach; he's a really smart kid. I know his father, Lincoln Kennedy, really well. But fact is, is that he's been in this league since 2018. He hasn't nailed down a job anywhere he's been. Indianapolis or Pittsburgh. I mean, he's got real movement issues. He's a big man. He, you know, he takes up a lot of space, but this is not Orlando Brown where he just has this uncanny ability to use his third, you know, his long arms and just, you know, just rare toughness to just beat people. Like right. he's not, he's not that guy. And so there's question marks throughout. Now, you know, this Dan Moore out of Texas A&M, can he win a job? I think they got to, first of all, figure out who their best five are and what positions they're at. And then even once they get there, you know, how quickly can they come together and really become a cohesive unit? Um, Especially when Ben will be making calls probably mentally like, 
Villanueva is still out there at left tackle and Pouncey's still a center. And I know I'm yes. protected. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's just going to click, right. um, you know, right away for this team. Yeah. A lot more is on Ben's shoulders right now than, than probably there has been um, in, in a long, long time. The, the other kid that's kind of generating buzz on offense uh, is the tight end they took out of Penn State, Pat Freymuth. Yeah. Now, right. everyone's kind of, though, hedging their bets. Like, they love his hands. Uh, they love some of the projectables downfield, but this is the AFC North. And, you know, the day I was there, they had him in one-on-ones with, you know, Highsmith. They're, they're trying to challenge him in different ways and see how physical he is and how physical he can be. I was talking to Cam Hayward about him, Baldy, and he wouldn't even call him by his name. He just He's like, you're talking about the little tight end from Penn State who might be yeah. something if, you know what I mean, if he's got the right heart. But they see some good there. They see some good there, obviously. Well, I mean, Cam, you know, Cam Hayward, that's just a good pit guy right there. Oh, he's the best. Dog and a Penn State player. But, you know, but you know, look, I mean, he wasn't asked to do those things at Penn State. You know, he was a flex tight end at yep. Penn State. So, you know, they, you know, and if you look at Eric Ebron, he's not a blocker. So right. who's going to do the dirty work at tight end? I don't know. Maybe you saw somebody out there, Jason, but I don't really see anybody in the roster that, you know, can I fill think that the kid role. Gentry, the kid Gentry, they're kind okay. of intrigued by a little bit, yeah. but, but there's a, you know, we're projecting a lot there. Yeah, Zach Gentry. But, yes, I mean, I, I think they, they drafted him in the middle rounds a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I haven't seen him do it. So, yeah, I'm not saying he can't do it. I just haven't seen Zach Gentry at the point of attack against Miles Garrett, yeah. you know, or against those animals that they have in Baltimore right now. Um, like, I haven't seen him go up there and, you know, and whip anybody. So, right. I, you know, I, I think they have, they've got question marks at that position. And that's been a position of strength, Vance McDonald. You know, Heath uh, Miller, I mean, it's been a pretty much a position of strength yeah. for a long time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Final thing with the Steelers, Baldy. The, the day I, I – the session I saw, which was pretty spirited, um, the defense ate the offense's lunch. I mean, again, the offensive line that they put together or were forced to put together just wasn't wasn't ready to, to do the job, nor did anyone think that they could. Um, I do wonder, though, over the course of a 17-game season, um, the Tuits, the Haywards, the Tyson Alualus, the Joe Haydens. It's a lot of tread on those tires. Yep. You know, a lot of lot of tread on those tires. Um, you know, even Melvin Ingram. I mean, they think it's going to be a good signing. So do I. But if Melvin Ingram was healthy the last three years, you're not signing Melvin Ingram in July. He's gone in March. I right. I, I do worry a little bit about regression in the defense because there's going to be so much pressure now because the offense isn't what it was. And, you know, again, father time. Uh, it's a legitimate concern. Uh, you know, Joe Hayden had a rebirth coming back to Pittsburgh. Um, and he, he's been a really good player since he got back there. But, you know, he, he had his share of injuries earlier, and, you know, in Cleveland and whatnot. So, which, you know, got him out of there. But, you know, they're rebuilding a lot of players in the secondary. Uh, right now, we got to see how they kind of fill in. I'm, I'm anxious to see, you know, Highsmith and Ingram and Quincy Roche, who looked pretty good against Dallas the other night. Um, I'm a big fan. Is you know, can they can they kind of cobble that Bud Dupree position together and become a real formidable, you know, front four? But certainly, when you have as much age as they do on that side of the ball, you just wonder at any point does it you know does it all begin to collapse? at one time or can they, they hold off father time for a year? Well, yeah, because last year the offensive line, I mean, it was all, you know what I mean? It was, it was bam. I mean, it was pretty much all at once. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it, it happened at DeCastro in training camp, yeah. you know, and then Pouncey and, you know, Villanueva just, you know, just started to break down. Yeah. So, yes, it can happen all at once. I mean, we, we you saw it on that side of the ball. So there's, there's, there's question marks is why a lot of people don't have Pittsburgh, you know, in the, you know, the top two of that division for the first time yeah. in a long, long time. And, you know, they got to kind of show us that they can rebuild an offense line, something they have not had to do. Um, you know, they got to do it on the fly and they got to do it quickly because I think they got a running back that could really benefit yes. from it if they can. Yes. Well, you mentioned uh, Baltimore and, and, and the um, intriguing collection of, of athletes that they have there. I've, I've seen quite a bit of the Ravens to this point. Um, what were some of your early impressions? They obviously are rebuilding themselves completely on the edge. I mean, really, Tyce Bowser, Pernell McPhee are the only things back from from last year. Um, they have overhauled their wide receiving core and they've overhauled their offensive line. Although a lot of those guys haven't gotten on the field all that much yet. Right. Oh, and oh, by the way, you know, Lamar Jackson just started practicing almost two weeks into camp. Well, I thought defensively they looked stacked to me. I mean, they, they've got depth and talent. Now, Jimmy Smith got hurt the day I was there. I don't know how bad that ankle is, um, but I, I think he'll be back. But, you know, they were starting Brandon Stevens at, at safety because uh, Deshaun Elliott was out the day I was there. And by all accounts, they love Brandon Stevens. Um, you know, now, can he step in and, and be a starter or whatever? I think he's going to contribute. But, you know, you look at this – this number one pick, you know, away from Penn State. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a guy come in that looks like that. I mean, physically, he looks like Tarzan. You know, like he just looks like a guy that can uh, do it all. And yes. he he was a force. I mean, he was starting on defense when I was yeah. there. Uh, and I could see him – I could see Wink kind of really putting him in that position. Uh, they've got depth on that. So they're going to release some good football players. I mean, they've got depth on that defensive tackle position – that Justin Matabike, he, he's like right in the backfield. Yeah. He's yeah. in the backfield every play. Yeah. Um, and, and you you talk to guys up there, and I know you have, but you know, if you talk to a Bradley Bozeman about him, like he's the toughest guy to block yep. inside right now. And that's yep. Brandon Williams out there. And you know, I mean it, you know, and just the versatility that Wink plays. I think one of the additions to this team, I think it's gonna be quiet, but I'm it, it's just bringing Rob Ryan in. Yep. I mean, he spent his entire day. Uh, with Patrick Queen. Queen, yeah. And I just think, like, sometimes rookies, you just have to unlock them and just let them play fast. And I think that's what you're going to see for Patrick Queen this year. Like, I think you're going to just see this elevated play, um, you know, whether it's reading his keys quicker or, you know, just cutting it loose faster. I think this guy is going to be a real force. But it's hard not to love the defense. Uh, that's what jumped out at me. But, I, but you know, James Prochet caught everything that yep. they threw to him at receiver. Uh, you know, I know people go, oh, you know, six-round pick SMU, slot receiver, whatever. Caught a lot of balls um, in college, Baldy. That's for damn sure. And he's still SMU's all-time leading receiver. Now, you know, Marquise Hollywood Brown wasn't out there, and Bateman wasn't out there when I was there. So you got to allow those guys to, you know, play through their issues. But I saw a lot of encouraging signs, you know, from this team. We'll – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the offensive line looks like whenever Ronnie Stanley gets healthy because he makes him and, and gets Zeitler in there. That that makes him, you know, yeah. immediately better right away. But, you know, J.K. Dobbins mm. is, is going to be a stud in this league and is going to be a perfect fit for that offense 
and he was working his butt off when I was there. I, there was a lot of things that I liked about Baltimore, um, you know, in my day there. Well, there's a couple things that I want to follow up on, but first I feel like we've buried the lead here and I really want to get your perspective yeah. on it. Um, they, they are integrating JK Dobbins into the passing game. They want, they want Lamar Jackson to look for that swing pass to look for that screen more often and also to look for dot you know they want to get Dobbins activated downfield in the passing game they want to go under center more so they can get some real play action going um and 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 play games with people a little bit more at the line of scrimmage and not live exclusively in the pistol you mentioned Bradley Bozeman brand new center he did it in Alabama but he's never snapped to Lamar in any sort of real capacity and the center play was atrocious last year from an exchange standpoint um and all these new receivers and for the first eight practices, so about a third of camp, their MVP can't even be in the building yeah. because of his vaccination status. How big of a thing is that? And, I, and Baldy, I don't think it's huge for Lamar because Lamar came back and looked like Lamar, which is what everyone expected. But it's all those other things related tangentially to Lamar. And you, I don't care what the coaches say. You didn't want to see... McSorley and and Huntley throw 300 passes the first week of camp. You just didn't. That's not why you're there. No. No, I mean, there's a huge void when Lamar's not out there. Uh, In the offense, can't be the same offense, you know, without him. Because so much of what he does is just create, you know, in the pass game. Now, Greg Roman can call all the passes he wants, you know, and they can bounce things up more than they have to try to get better in the passing game. But Lamar still has to read the field and get rid of the football and not take off and run. And I think some of his best runs are designed passes where teams are dropping into coverage or he sees man coverage or whatever it might be, and he takes off. Uh, it counts as a run. It was dialed up as a pass. Right. So I don't – you know, you you can call all the passes you want. You can feature Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins. And, you know, they, they drafted two receivers in each round of the last three years, and they're all there. And then you, know, you bring in Sammy Watkins, and Mark Andrews is there. And you can have all these passing options still Lamar's job to get the ball to him. And, you know, sometimes the offense looks, the passing game looks so simplistic to me, yeah. mirrored routes and, yep. you know, combination routes. I mean, it looks so simplistic that it, it doesn't look terribly difficult to defend. So I'm anxious to see how they expand the passing game because it's about winning in January. Uh, we know they're going to win their share of games, uh, you know, the first four months of the season, but it's about winning in January and they got to be better. And so people want to, you know, criticize Greg Roman and I get all that, but you know, Greg Roman's going to put the best offense on the field to make this team the best and give us a chance to win the most games. And that's not throwing the ball down the field um, recklessly. And that's what it looks like sometimes when they try to do it. So they need Lamar on the field right now to work on this passing game. And every day that is not out there, these are these days are so intense about how much work you can actually get done before you get to September and your game planning, you know, for your upcoming opponent. And you don't get a chance to work on these these, you know, on the on the route combinations and some of the installation that you worked on all offseason. You just get a chance to do it against Marlon Humphrey and yep. Marcus Peters and, you know, yep. against elite players. Uh you know, you, you lose those, you lose valuable days that you can't get back. Yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt about that. One other thing before we wrap up the Ravens, I'm not sure if, if it was true when you were there, but 
Um, the three sessions I've been to, Calais Campbell looks like a man uh, on fire, a man on a mission. And, and to talk to John Harbaugh about him, and he just said, look, we're, we don't need him every down. If we've built the team we think we've built, we can be judicious about when we unleash him. And when we unleash him, he can go 100,000 miles an hour because he knows, you know what I mean? He might be playing one of every three and a half snaps, not every snap. Well, they have such depth along the defensive front. And, you know, Wink Martindale runs a variety of different fronts. There's times when they'll have, you know, three big studs. They'll have Campbell and Williams and Wolf all in there together. Um, you know, and and then you got, you know, you got Jelly in the middle there, Justin Ellis and Matabike. I mean, they've got a rotation. And that's not even to mention like a Javon Swan or some of the other guys that look like they can play but might not get a chance. Um you know, and Jalen Ferguson, some of the guys they have on the edge, Pernell McPhee. I mean, they have such depth that they really can have a rotation to keep Calais Campbell fresh all year long. Um, and I'm sure that's, you know, that probably doesn't excite Calais, but he's such a professional. Uh, and he's already basically made the announcement, this is my last year. And so, you know, I think that the longer they can keep, the fresher they can keep him, the better he can be in January. And that's what it's all about. Well, Baldy, a couple other teams you visited haven't played meaningful games in January for quite some time and may, and may not for quite some time. We'll have to see what their trajectory looks like. Um, the Jags and the Giants. Let's start in Jacksonville. All eyes really around the league, to some degree at least, on Trevor Lawrence, a, a kid who's really had nothing but success probably since the earliest stages of, of Pee Wee Pop Warner football. Um what did you see down there? Uh, he seems like you can't mess this up unless, heaven forbid, he, he gets hurt. There's not a drill that he does where it doesn't look like he's been doing it forever. Like, he's so smooth. Now, you know, it's one thing when somebody's hitting you in the mouth and, yeah. you know, you got to, you know, release this ball. But, I mean, he's so smooth in everything that he does and so confident in just – a quiet, smooth way. Um, you know, he sees the field, his arm, like the ball comes out. I mean, it's a tight spiral every throw from whatever direction he's going. He's a great athlete. Um, when I was there, uh, they had a two-minute drill. The ball barely hit the ground except for one overthrow on the sideline, which was basically a throwaway. Nobody was open. But, I mean, the ball barely hit the ground. Now, the defense needs a lot of work. Yeah, uh, They've got a brand-new secondary at every position. Um, CJ Henderson didn't practice. So, um, but you know, urban has got his eyes everywhere. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, he's worked with wide receivers on beating man coverage. He's overlooking, you know, the offensive line. He's all over every special team drill. Um, you know, he's, he's really a force of nature. Uh, the one guy that jumped out to me over everybody outside of Trevor Lawrence was LaVisca Chanel. And, you know, Urban will tell you that Visca is one of the most talented players he's ever had anywhere. Florida, you know, Ohio State, obviously he's, he's coached his share of great players. Oh, but, yeah. But he, he put this kid in that upper echelon of talent. And you could see even, you know, in one day, and they hadn't gotten into pads yet when I was there, but even in that day, um, how they're going to feature him. And, you know, they just have to be careful of not overloading him. And so just giving him things that he can handle. But within that framework, I mean, he, he could be a real breakout star in his business. 
any uh i guess anything else catch your eye there do do you feel like they're 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 finally kind of solidifying the offensive line because that's another franchise and we've talked about several um you know this offseason that really kind of has been searching for the five guys they want to stick with for a while well he you know urban mentioned to me that he really you know is looking to upgrade the offensive line now they're bringing they're one of four teams that are bringing all five starters back from a year ago and you know, sometimes that's good and sometimes that's not good if 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 the head coach thinks they can upgrade, especially in the interior of the offensive line. Now, they're really high on their second-round pick, Walker Little, out of Stanford. In fact, Urban said, look, Baldy, when you get a chance, just keep an eye on him. Tell me what you see. So I, I gave him kind of a full report. But, I mean, physically, I mean, this is like a modern-day Jumbo Elliott uh, out there at left tackle. Now, they like Cam Robinson, but he's in his final year of his deal. Yeah. And uh, I think he's on a franchise tag maybe. But, um, you know, that that could be the future in Walker Little. But I can see them playing their best five. And if Walker Little is a starting guard the way, you know, Ogden was a starting guard his first year with the Ravens and kicked out to a, you know, a pro, you know, Hall of Fame left tackle position, I can see them doing that, um, you know, to get their best five on the field. So I think they have a chance of being pretty good up front. Uh, from, from a running back standpoint, I mean, I think they got They're three loaded. guys, you know, including Carlos Hyde, who looked really good when I was there. And, of course, Urban coached him at Ohio State. But, you know, ETN and Robinson, I mean, they got a chance of being pretty good at the running back position, a variety of backs in a real rotation. I think you're going to you see some combination of that. Well, Baldy, you also spent some time with the New York football giants. Should I call them the New York fighting football giants? Uh I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we've had this conversation before, but we've, we've got to renew it. You, you, you've, you've seen it up close. You know, their first round pick didn't have cleats that fit them in, you know, OTAs. Uh, we've got players retiring on the spot in in droves. I mean, we're now up to three or four in a short period of time. And we've players got the- that I think that they were counting on. Yeah. Yeah, no, guys, they thought we're going to fill a key role. Then you got the sideshow with Kelvin Benjamin. Then you got a 50-car pileup on the field with your quarterback at the bottom of a pile. Like, ah, Jason Garrett, call me coach. I I don't know, Baldy. They just don't look like they want to get out of their own way or can't get out of their own way. I I think they're going to have quite – I mean, you got a new offense line. Coach Rob Sales comes from, you know, from Alabama. And, um, you know, that whole Alabama tree that, uh, you know, Joe Judge is from – um, he came from, I think he was at Louisiana last year, but you know, the, you know, and then they bring back Patrick Flaherty. So they got a brand new offensive line coach situation again. And when I was there, Zach Fulton was starting at guard and then he retired. I mean, Shane Lemieux is the, is, you know, is the scheduled left guard. He's been out, but he should be back now. And he is back. So, you know, they, they, they probably have five starters, <clears throat> you know, Nate Solder. We'll see if, if he starts, or Matt Parrott starts at attack. I'm not sure yet, but it's really thin up front, and it's really questionable just how good this group can be. They didn't upgrade it at all. They lost Zeitler. Um, they're putting an awful lot of stock in Andrew Thomas. They tell me this is almost hard to believe that they would take Andrew Thomas over what we saw from Tristan Wirfs. Come on. Um, it's just you know. I mean, you can believe your own headlines, but if you. <laughs> I, and I'm not here to dog Andrew Thomas. He had no offseason, you know. Right, right. But, but that's not even a fair comparison. I mean, I, they, they, I don't even know why they would be talking that way. 
we were talking about the rookie class a little bit. So, you know, but look, Saquon, I don't know when he's ready. I mean, he's out there. He's in sweats. Um, there's not – I mean, you look at their depth chart. I mean, it's Devontae Booker and Corey Clement behind them. Um, <clears throat> I would think that you have to have Saquon on a little bit of a pitch count to start this thing whenever he's ready. And it's real questionable what they have right there. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if you want to put Saquon on the field week one, Jason. I, yeah, I mean, I uh, how you could have played all in the preseason, which I understand, but right, you want him going out there week one. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, I don't know, the time frame seems like it's awfully short, you know, to get him back out there 100% healthy. When I was there, Kenny Galladay was not practicing, um, they were doing a lot with Cardarius Tony. Uh, I don't know how much you can overload Cardarius Tony. I mean, he's just a rookie. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a talented rookie. He It looks like, to me, he's a slot receiver, but yep. do they have an expanded package for him? Um, there seems to be questions everywhere offensively. The quarterback, nobody's fumbled the ball more than this guy in this league the last two years. Mm-hmm. Has, he, has he overcome those issues? Nobody will know until they play a game and he gets hit or, you know, he drops a, a snap from center. There's questions everywhere on offense. They weren't really answered the day that I was there. Defensively, I think they could be really good. Um, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see this Aziz Ajulari yeah. um, come off the edge. They really need him to be good and effective. But I, I see depth and strength in a really smart defensive coordinator um, that – then, you know, that this is a top 10 defense in my mind. I think they're going to be good on that side of the ball. I, I just think the same questions on offense still exist that they did a year ago. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have, I have my, my, my doubts and reservations. Um, just about the, the whole way that thing is, is set up. Well, look, the, the good news, I guess, for them is, you know, that division is what it is, right? I mean, the Dak Prescott's got a shoulder deal, right? As we're speaking right now, he still hasn't done anything since the first week of camp. And, um, you know. Well, that, that shoulder deal is scary because when he's out there, I mean, he's throwing the ball back to the center with his left hand. Yeah, that's... Like, you can't even, like, ball toss the ball back to the yeah. center after after a play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's not good. The Eagles obviously sorting through their quarterback situation. And, you know, WFT, a lot of new pieces there. And, They've had some some early injuries, not able to get guys like Curtis Samuel on the on the field, who I know they have high hopes for. So maybe that is some consolation for Giants fans. But uh, yeah, sounds like they've got a lot of work to do. And Baldy, you and I have plenty of work to do as we continue to traverse this great land of ours, um, taking in these these uh, practices and pretty soon um, full bore some of these preseason games. I look forward to us getting together again next week and comparing notes of where we've been and what we've seen. And we like to hear from you guys as well and compare notes with you. Please reach out on Twitter at Jason Lock and four or at Baldy NFL um, rate review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast goodness. Uh, this has been the latest edition of Baldy's breakdowns and Baldy. I, I look forward to uh, chatting with you again soon, my friend. Well, we got games, you know, starting this Thursday yes, in Pittsburgh and, you know, a <clears throat> battle of the Keystone State here on Thursday night in Philadelphia, and that kind of kicks it off. I don't know how many of any of these players that we've even discussed here today are going to play in these preseason. Right. Games, Jason. All these teams, most of these teams have scrimmages lined up, and that's where I think a lot of the evaluation is going to come from yes. this, this preseason. 
Yes. No, I'm with you. And I'll be up there in Philly for a few days when the, uh, when the Patriots yeah. are in town. So maybe, maybe right. we'll cross paths then. We will, we'll, we'll see each other uh, during those scrimmages. Sounds good, brother. Safe travels. Okay. And we'll yep. talk to you guys soon.